Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. To stretch. I love stretching. I even love stretching and exercise. But stretching is one of the great keys of, of your comfort zone and stretches you into God's realm of the supernatural. Because with God, remember, all things are possible. Let's say that again. All, with God, all things are possible. So the reality is, why would we stick with the comfort zone when God is looking at us, we're gifted, we're talented, we are unbelievably created in his image, we have voices that can activate the supernatural atmosphere, release miracles. Man, let's just not be the same. Let's do something that gets us out of that box. See, so, sometimes I think people get into holding patterns in their life, and we're in a holding pattern. I wonder when we'll get a different government. I wonder when we'll get this. I wonder when we'll get that. And we get into these holding patterns when all the time God's saying, why don't you activate the, the season I've got you in right now? Right now. Too many people in holding patterns. Let's stretch into what God wants to do. She began to pour the oil out, and then there was more oil. How many want more fire? Come on, how many want more fire? How many want more of the oil in their lives that flows out of them and touches lives and heals people and sets them free? There's nothing like getting a little bit slippery under the anointing, okay? Get a little bit slippery. Some of us are just too, you know, you, you, you'd get stopped. The enemy can stop you. If you're not slippery, try to run through the enemy's blockade and he'll grab you. But if you've got the oil on you, you'll sneak right through there. You'll slip through. He didn't even know you were there. We've got to know how to slip through the grip of the enemy and touch heaven, okay? Don't get in a holding pattern with your life. Stretch out and do something great for God because I believe this is what it says, okay? The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. So every demon in the place has to bow down right now. That demon of fear, get out of here in Jesus' name. See, you've got to understand, when the, it doesn't say that they were just going to cast out devils. It says he gave them authority. There's an authority happens when we worship that absolutely terrifies demons. They shrink back, they cower back, and then we just kick them out in Jesus' name, okay? We don't give the devil any glory. We don't give him a big um, half the show. We just tell the devils to get out in Jesus' name. And I find they go. He says they will have authority over all devils and cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel, healing the sick everywhere they went. Come on, guys. Some people are going to get healed tonight. I feel like there's a bunch of miracles in this house tonight. And I want to encourage you and stir your faith. Get ready for a miracle in your body, okay? Because I think sometimes we take it, we just take it for granted. We just take it for granted. We think it's all cool and we're going to be all right, okay? You are the light of the world. Remember that. Yeah. You're the light of the world. Where the light shines in, darkness is dispelled. Every demon goes, fear goes, sickness goes, and the power of healing gets released into the crowd. With Oral Roberts, they used to say, wish you'd stop preaching and pray for us. He said, I said, I wish you'd get healed so I can stop preaching. <laughs> it's, and honestly... The presence of God is here tonight. I don't care where you're sitting, the presence of God is here tonight. You can be right down the back, the presence of God's here tonight. How many can feel that? Incidentally, the presence of God is, that's a beautiful place to stand there. It almost just sounds more like God. And, uh, and, but the presence of God is here tonight. 
and he's here to heal the sick, set the captives free and release you, okay? So if you've got a need in your body tonight, if you need healing, in fact, slip up your hand right now if you need healing. Let me just see those hands. Oh boy, a bunch of people need healing tonight. Let's get some miracles happening in here, okay? Let's get you released from here, healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Is the front row excited about that? <laughs> How many are just, here's a good question for you. How many are feeling better than you were when you came? There we go. That's what I want. Because seriously, like I said before, if you're the worship leader in your own row, you can get healed in your own row before the preacher ever gets up because we broke through in our own row and created our own environment, okay? And I'm into this stuff, guys. This is not just about preaching a word on Sunday and then let's go and live life ordinary. This is about activating something in our lives that you can carry everywhere you go, okay? That's why I believe that we are called of God for such a time as this. It may seem a difficult time, and uh, boy, I tell you what, this is our best hour to be Christians. Best hour. Never, they've never had a time like this in, the, in history before. We have the best time right now to change history and start a revival in Jesus' name. But we've got to know it starts with us, okay? And um, so, so I want to challenge you tonight that uh, we cannot be ordinary any longer, that every single one of us have got to do something we've never done before. That would be a pretty challenging word to get at church. Like, how is it? How is it if every one of us brought one person to Christ, every one of us led one person to Christ in what's left of this year? What are we in? We're in October. October. If every one of us led one person, just one, you would never get in this building on a Sunday night, let alone a Sunday morning. And we'd change the city. Because one plus one equals two, and then it multiplies from there. And next thing, you've got the whole city born again in Jesus. Why do you think 12 people turned the city upside down? 12 men, just 12 ordinary people. They weren't supernatural. They were just ordinary. Peter was a, a, a wild, out-of-control individual. And um, had a pretty casual relationship with Jesus. And yet, a guy like Peter changed, changed the world. Where, where did it all happen? Who do, men, who do you say that I am? Peter's the one who piped up. He was the most unruly of the lot, and he's the one who piped up, and he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the Father in heaven revealed this truth. There's something about revelation. I talked about revival this morning. I want to tell you, revival starts with revelation, a personal revelation of the power of God in your life, okay? Can't live without that. You can't go on without that. Christianity becomes boring without Jesus right at the center of it, all right? That's where stuff happens. When you put Jesus at the center of it, the power of God gets flowing, the joy of the Lord's there, and we start to move in power. So Peter was pretty ordinary up till there. And then Jesus said this to him. He said, in fact, tell you what, Pete. He said, we're not going to call you Simon any longer. We're going to change your name from Simon. Because remember, it was Simon up till then. And it was like, Simon, Simon, you're not going to be that any longer. We're going to call you Peter, which means rock. Simon meant reed. Don't know if there's any Simons in the house, but reed. Simon meant reed. It meant you, you, you flow with the crowd. You go this way and that way. You're easily swayed. You can't keep on track with what I want to do with your life. And Jesus said to him, we're not going to call you that any longer. We're changing your name and changing your destiny. Yeah. 
And it's interesting because 18 months later, remember Peter turns up and uh, he turns up in the story again and Jesus says to him, launch out into the deep. Remember that? Remember that Jesus somehow always referred to him as Simon. Always referred to him. It wasn't until the miracle power started working and he calls him out of the boat. Peter, step out of the boat. Jesus wants to change you into a person that is so Holy Ghost filled, your life is not the same as it used to be, okay? Remember when the devil came along and Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Simon, Simon, but I say to you, I've got you covered. Now what that meant was, you see, Simon, the old you, if you're here tonight and you're not born again, this is the old you, Satan can destroy your life. But Simon was transformed by the power of God. He was a new creation. And when the devil came after him, it says this, Simon, Simon, the devil has desired to sift you like wheat, but I have come to make a stand for you. Which tells me that it's only the old you that the devil has any authority over. He has no authority over the blood-brought son and daughter of the living God. You are saints. You are born again. You've already got the victory through the cross. Because it's not about your good works. It's about what Jesus did on Calvary. It's never about you. And I want to stir your faith a little tonight to be a little more aggressive with what God's put in your life. A little more aggressive because we've got power on the inside. Flick the power button on or something. Flick the switch. The Bible consistently tells you that you've got power. Consistently, that you've got power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You've got power in your life to change the atmosphere of a room, to walk into a restaurant, go up to someone, have a word of knowledge over them and shift the entire future of their life in Jesus' name. That's what you've got. Somebody here with a really bad shoulder now. Who is it? Who is it here with a really bad shoulder tonight? God wants to heal you right now, right now. Who is it? Doom, doom, doom. Right there, right there, right there. I'm coming down. I'm coming down to you. Okay, just stand up right where you are. You're going to get that shoulder healed tonight in Jesus' name. Okay? Oh, boy. Search your hand toward this amazing lady here with the faith that can unshackle every situation around your world. Get ready for the power of God to come on you, sister. In Jesus' name, I speak to that shoulder right now. I take authority over all pain. I take authority right now over any anything that's troubling that shoulder and I cause it to shift back into line according to God's word. So I speak to your central nervous system calling you whole and complete as God's word declares you to be in Jesus' mighty name. How's that shoulder right now, sister? It's clicking. Well, that's a good thing. It's doing something. <laughs> I can still feel it, the lumps. There. Well, come on, guys. Stretch your hand. We're going to get the shoulder healed in Jesus' name. Pain, we command you to get off her in Jesus' name. Got no authority over this blood-brought woman of the living God right now. And in Jesus' name, I speak to anything that's out of line there. And we command it to come into line. And there goes the power of God on you right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, let the anointing, let the anointing, let the anointing. That's right. Just take it right there. The anointing of the Holy Ghost and power goes right through you. Put oil in that shoulder tonight, Lord. Put oil in it. Let it be totally healed and cured. Now spin it around a couple of times. See what's the effect. Probably drunk under the Holy Ghost. Now... Well, that'll help. When you get drunk, you can't feel it any longer. Just about poked you in the eye there. How's that shoulder feeling now, sister? What shoulder? Yeah, hello, exactly. Exactly. 
God, let her be totally healed. Let her be totally restored. Let you go from here tonight and walk into total, complete healing in the name. And not just that, in your emotions. God's healing your emotions tonight. Let, grab a hold of that and get drunk in the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Yeehaw! Oh, there's someone I missed? Come on out here. Come on out here. Boy, oh boy. Can't have people getting around in pain while I'm trying to preach. Holy Spirit right now. Jesus' name. Why don't you lift those arms as high as you can get them tonight? That's it. Doesn't look like there's anything wrong with that shoulder to me already. Holy Ghost, right now we speak healing over it. We break every curse off it in Jesus' name. Off your life, we break every curse right now. I take authority over every demonic... Oh boy, there's been demonic challenges against your faith and against your life and against your mind. In fact, there's almost like there's been an assignment against you. And tonight it's busted in Jesus' name. Gets off your shoulder and gets off your life. Jesus' name. Oh boy, there's more. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't go down. We would have been praying for your neck as well. <laughs> What's the problem? It's feeding back. Am I meant to stand over here? Well, come on, brother, you got to come over here because we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Like I said, you've got to upset the atmosphere a little bit, okay? You've got to be a little bit naughty. Holy Ghost, thank you. Here comes the anointing on you, brother. Just saw it right then. Just like, and, and, and I hope everything I do, I hope everything, I, my, my one prayer is that I will always be a faucet through which the power of God can flow, not just in healing, but in learning. So that, because I believe this is honestly, it's all about Jesus. And if, if, if I'm laying hands on the sick and they get better, pretty much anyone in this room can do it, guys. And I pray that you catch that tonight. There's anointing on this brother here right now. I saw. I, it, here's what I see, okay? I see like God puts a big cloak on him right now. And it's like the Holy Spirit's just saying, here, I'm taking you out of the realm you're in. I'm going to shift you into a different environment. And it's an environment of authority. It's an environment where you are robed in righteousness. It's a robe where, boy, pain goes in Jesus' mighty name right now. And shoulder comes right in the name of Jesus. Yeah, boy. So, because I think sometimes we can, we can try to work it out. We, don't try to work it out is what I would say, okay? I learned all this preaching to the ducks on my dad's farm. So there, it's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple, let me tell you right now. I got born again, and, and uh, so I used to get to my dad's farm, and I would see how this works. And so I used to go down to mum's duck pond and preach. And so the ducks would all scatter and take off. So the next time I went down, I took down some of mum's new, newly freshly baked scones. And because uh, I think sometimes if we're not preaching stuff that's got substance, if it's not got something attached to it, nobody's interested. But I tell you what, you get a bit of the Holy Ghost involved in it. And I tell you, when I used to throw those crumbs out, those ducks used to come, they were flocking in to hear the word of God. Then I'd pray for them. I'd prophesy over the ducks. And uh, the ducks would go off quacking in other tongues. And uh, we'd have a revival at the duck pond. And uh, so what I'm trying to say tonight, it's not difficult it's easy 
all you've got to do is get born again and get under the power of God, okay? He's the one that'll set you free in Jesus' name. There's a lot of miracles going to happen here tonight. I feel I've got about 100 miracles. There's somebody here with, a, with an issue in the roof of your mouth. I want to tell you there's a miracle here for you right where you are right now. Right where you are, I don't know who that is, a situation in the roof of your mouth. There's a miracle here, cause you some discomfort and some pain. And right now there's a miracle here tonight. I don't know if you want to stand up right now or whether you want to come up on the end, but we're going to get you healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? So just take it where you are. Who is that? I just feel like you need to get it now. Who is that? Is that somebody here right now? Something going on in the roof of your mouth? Is that? Where are you? Is it? No, you're just looking for a seat. Yeah, yeah, okay. Was that somebody here tonight? Right there? Come down here, sister. We're going to pray for you anyway. I just want to get you healed. Why should you sit there without this in Jesus' name? Jesus, in his own words, said eternal life is experiencing God, encountering God. It's not going to heaven. Eternal life is encountering God right where you are tonight. Here comes a sister. Why don't you stretch your hand toward her tonight? We're going to get you healed in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Boy, well, I'll tell you what. Come on, Barbara. Boy, oh boy, Barbara. Power of God's on you right now. Jesus' name, which interpreted means, listen up, Satan. Get your hands off Barbara's life right now. You've got no longer got any authority over her life. I break the curse of infirmity over your body. In Jesus' name, I speak to it right now. And I break the curse of infirmity. I release you from that. And I put the blood of Jesus over you right now. Be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. Oh, boy. Give Jesus the glory. Jesus is on the throne, okay? There's a lot of miracles going to happen here tonight. We're just going to get you all up at the end, and we're just going to pray for you and believe God for the power of God to set you free. Is that all right, Julia? <laughs> it's great having my wife with me. I just want to say that it's a joy to have my wife uh, traveling around with me. We have a lot of fun together, and I love this life, okay? And uh, it's good having her sit beside me on an airplane because you never know who's going to sit beside you. You know, if we're talking about evangelism, because that's what we're saying tonight, every one of you to reach one person for Christ, we'd change the world in one year. Just that's all it takes. I mean, I delight in the fact of leading not just in churches. See, if I'm just counting on people that get saved in church, I already missed the boat. I've got to have a personal, strategic anointing for revival and salvation in my own life. So wherever I go, I'm looking for souls, all right? Everywhere I go, in restaurants, on aeroplanes, walking down the street. The other day I was just walking down the street in front of church, just walking down the street, and there's a guy walking up. And I, to be honest with you, I thought he could have been, he looked like a pastor, because most of them look depressed, and he looked quite depressed. <laughs> and uh, so, so I literally, I don't know why that was, but I thought he was a pastor. And I went up and I said, oh, man, are you looking for our church? And he said, what do you mean? And uh, I said, you look like you're looking for a church. And he said, mate, I've just come from the doctors. I've been diagnosed with whatever they diagnose you with to give you more pills so that you become a rattling pillbox. And, uh, 
And so, well, I said, mate, here's the deal. You don't need those pills and you don't need that depression. And right now I can guarantee you that Jesus can change your life. We didn't meet by chance. We just met on the street. And I said, I'm going to put a little bit of a challenge your way. Do you really want to be loosed of that, that mindset that you're going to live in depression for the rest of your life? I mean, how suckful is that? I said, mate, I can get you free in one day by introducing you to this guy I know. And he's like, who's that? And I said, it's Jesus. And I said, I'll introduce you to Jesus right now. And I said, you've got to go to this meeting tonight and you'll meet with a bunch of guys who are more crazy than I am. And I said, that'll be the end of your depression. Well, he went to that meeting. Seriously, I didn't go to the meeting. I just gave him the address and said, go there. He went to the meeting that night. The guys couldn't believe it that this complete stranger turned up who's never been in church in his life. And he rocks up at this guy's group and he ends up giving his life to Christ, gets radically born again. We baptized him a couple of weeks ago. And now he's going for God and the depression's left. Glory to God. It's so easy. I was sitting on there talking about that. That's what we're called for, incidentally. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes will be saved in Jesus' name. Pretty simple. I mean, we mess the You only need a theologian to mess the gospel up for you. <laughs> a theologian will make it so complicated you won't know what you're meant to do and you'll think you're just meant to sit there like a dummy and hear a new message on three points in a poem every week. But I believe that if we get into the word of God, we'll catch an anointing that will ignite us and thrust us into the harvest field and we'll change lives in Jesus' name. Yeah. It's a, I, I walked into it. I'll just tell you a couple of those stories. So I will, because I want you to catch this. Yep. See, one of my points tonight, if we're talking about revival, I'm under the speaker again, sorry. And uh, you're pretty much always under a speaker. <laughs> and, uh, but listen, if we are supposed to do this, then it can't be as hard as it's made out to be. And I think we've complicated the Bible. We've complicated the gospel. I have found that very few that I meet will reject Jesus that I present to them. Most people will reject only the Jesus that's presented to them. If he's an ugly Jesus, if he's a mean, condemning, judgeful God, they don't want him. People want to feel loved. They want to feel accepted. They want to feel like they can be a part of it. You know, I went, I went into a heater shop a little while ago. All I wanted to do was get my heater fixed, okay? So I walk into the heater shop, take my heater and put it up on the bench, and I'm waiting. Nobody's coming. No service. Very bad service. And uh, waiting for the service, and I hear them laughing out the back. And they're laughing. They're having the time of their life out the back. And I'm the customer about to walk out. When he finally came out, and I'm still there because I'm thinking, God, what do you got me here for? must be more than just getting the heater fixed. And this is how we've got to live. Your life is not your own. We are in king, we're in the kingdom. We're, we're ambassadors for the kingdom of Christ. No matter what your role is, if you're a lawyer, if you're a businessman, if you're a salesman, no matter what you do, you are an ambassador for Christ, all right? Because I don't do this just because I'm a preacher. I barely call myself a preacher. Most of the time I don't want to be a preacher because, I don't know, it's just, it's just not a cool thing to travel with sometimes. So anyway, I'm waiting for him to come. Finally, the laughter stops and out he comes. Well, he's still laughing actually as he comes out. Comes out of the back of the shop, about as far away as the back of this church, and he comes walking toward the front. And so I said to him, what could be so funny that you were about to lose a customer over? And he said, oh, we were just telling this funny joke. 
Now, the problem is with jokes, you never know what field they're coming from. And I said, well, what was the joke? And so you shouldn't ask that question because it happened to be a very, like you, I think you call it a dirty joke, an unclean joke about the Mother Mary. And so really I, I probably shouldn't have listened. And, and the worst part is they are funny, okay? That's the worst part. So then you've got to try pretend you're not going to laugh and you didn't even. And anyway, so it was getting a little out of control. And then so I'm always like, well, God, what am I meant to do with that? Because you've got to have relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you want to win, see, I could have judged him. I, said that, I could have said, boy, that's, you're going to go to hell because of a joke like that. Now, that's not going to change anything. He's going to hate Christians and hate the church and never darken the door. So I changed my tact a little bit, and I said to him, Do you know what, sir? If Jesus was looking for a disciple today, you'd be... Oh, hang on, I left it for a while. If Jesus walked into your shop, sir, looking for a disciple, then I left it there, let him sweat, saw the blood drain from his head... <laughs> And then I said, I reckon he'd choose you. <laughs> then you saw the blood pressure coming up again. He started breathing again. And you could tell he was sort of saying, I like you. <laughs> and he says, do you reckon? I said, yeah, you'd be just the guy he'd choose. I said, like, he didn't go to the choir to get Peter. I said, he didn't go down to the Pharisee Bible College to find John and these guys. He went down to the wharf. Have you hung around with any wharfies lately? <laughs> They'll have a joke or two for you. Anyway, he's listening to me now. And then he said, man, I've never heard anything like that before. And I said, well, you know what? I reckon God wants you in his kingdom. Now, I tell you what, what's difficult about that? That would have been the easiest bit of evangelism I've ever done. Then he said this. He said, I like you. And I know because I'm one of God's favorites, so I just. <laughs> so, so I said to him, well, how's business going? And he said, actually, business not going well at all. He said, sales are down, nothing's working right. I said, show me the hardest thing to sell, and we'll pray a miracle over that. And when that happens, you're coming to church to get born again. Wow. There's nothing hard about that. Anyway, so he took me over this massive machine. I mean, big as your drum thing there, this big heater thing. And I mean, how do you pray for it to sell? I don't even know how to do that. But I just said to him, well, let's pray for it. And I said, in Jesus' name, I speak a miracle over this heater. And I pray that the heater will sell this week. And in Jesus' name, we declare it be a testimony to the glory of God. Well, he, honestly, I go, he told me the heat is going to be about three weeks, okay? He rings me up that week. I mean, three days later, I get a phone call, and he says, it's John here. Don, I'm just ringing, and I thought he was going to say, the heat is fixed. I, I thought he was going to say, come get your heater. But he said, that heater you prayed for, it's sold today. He said, I'm coming to church on Sunday. And, and so I said to him, well, there's one rule we make with new people at church. When you come in, you've got to sit on the front row. 
So I arrive at church, not early, I arrive quite late, and the guy at the door says to me, oh, this guy John came in looking for you, big guy came in looking for you, and he said you told him to sit on the front row, and I looked down, and there he was, and that day he got born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell you, it's not hard. It's only when we get ugly. See, I believe most people reject the gospel because of the way Jesus is presented to them. I was on an aeroplane one day, Mark, I think you were there, and we were flying from Auckland to Melbourne. And I'm sitting in my seat, I had an exit row. You know, the exit row is the best row you can get. And uh, so you've got a lot of leg room and it's nice. And uh, you're always looking, who's going to sit beside me? Who's going to say, she can, I don't want him. He can sit there. And you're watching. Oh, you've all done it, so don't pretend to be so innocent. <laughs> He's too big, I don't want him sitting beside me. And, and, and that's how it goes. Anyway, finally this guy comes down and he was everything I didn't want to be sitting beside me, okay? And he came down and he plonks himself down beside me and I was already annoyed, you know? And anyway, so I was in a bit of a... I, was, I had an attitude. The second he sat down, I had an attitude. Anyway, he plonks himself down. Then the plane takes off and you know how when it just takes off and you've got those trays you can fold out and he folds out the tray. Then I see him fishing around in this little briefcase he had and then he pulls out this massive black Bible and sits down on the, on the tray but it's kind of trying to hear and, he's, and everybody, the fight attendants are looking everybody can hear the bubbles and he said, are you a crim? And I said, I looked at him and I literally said, nah, what do I want one of those for? Look at you. And he was quite shocked by that. And uh, he said, well, you're not going to heaven then, are you? And I said, mate, I've already been there. I said, I'm a reincarnationist. I said, I believe in reincarnation, man. I said, I've already been to heaven because I used to be a dog. And I said, in my last previous life, I said, I used to be this black dog. And I said, then I had this situation happen. I said, one day I went down the park and I was, I was, I was going down the park as dogs do and wandering around there and doing the stuff we do in the park. And I said, but I was always a good dog. I'd always go back and use my own property for the other stuff. And I said, this day I was down the park and someone had left some food. I thought it was for me and it was beside one of the picnic tables. And I said it was in an old plastic bag and I managed to rip it open. And I mowed into this beauty. It tasted, smelt delightful and I mowed into it. Within seconds I was feeling so ill I didn't know. And I didn't want to mess it up because I knew kids roll around on this grass. So I charged back. I was running down the street to get back to my own property. And this woman driver comes out the driveway. Now you've got to realize when I'm telling the story, I have two flight attendants that are like leaning in. I've got people behind me leaning between the seats so they can catch the story. They've never heard such a presentation from a reincarnationist. And anyway, and so I'm telling him, and I said, so what happened? I said, I'm charging back to my street. And I said, just before I got to my place, this woman driver came out, reversing out of her driveway and clipped me clean in the back of the neck, instantly breaking my neck. I said, I died that day and I went to heaven because I was a good dog. And, and I said, the thing is, I've come back now and here I am, I'm Don McDonnell and I'm sitting beside you, sir. And uh, he's like, he's, he's, his eyes are as big as saucers, he's blowing away. 
I said, I can see you're having a problem believing me. I only said that because I could see the flight attendants leaning in and all the other people listening from behind. I said, I can see you're having a problem believing me, sir. You're a little bit like doubting Thomas, who had to feel it before he would believe it. And I said, in actual fact, if you were to put your hand right there, you can still feel the bump where the woman got me in the back of the neck. And I tried to bite his hand off on the aeroplane. The, the flight attendants nearly passed out. The people behind us freaked out. And then I said this to him. I said, sir, I am a blood-brought, Holy Ghost-filled, power-believing, faith Christian. I love Jesus, and he's the key to my life. But your presentation of the gospel will turn people off, not turn them on. And I believe God sat me beside you today to give you some lessons on how to love people and bring them into the kingdom and see a world transformed by the power of Jesus' love. And Mark and I literally... When we got to Melbourne, I said, listen, sir, I'm going to take you out. When we get off the airplane, let's go to a restaurant, and I'll teach you how to do this stuff. See, I believe we need some teaching on how to love people, how to nurture them into the kingdom, how to be Jesus in the flesh that literally changes people's lives. And I'll tell you what, I guarantee we will change the world. It's not hard, guys. It's not hard. I'll give you one more story because I don't believe it's hard. And uh, I think we need to know that God has filled us with his love, not with his judgment, not with condemnation. God fills you with love. I have loved thousands into the kingdom. I, one day I was in a In fact, some of you might know a guy by the name of Jürgen Matisius. He's a pastor in America. He came over and we're going around and we're doing a bit of traveling and preaching together. And I said, let's go get a burger. We worked into this burger bar. Anyway, next thing, we have bikies in New Zealand. They turn up like demons, like, like, it's a, like a host of demons has just suddenly arrived. Everybody freaks out and everybody wants to dive for cover. And we were just going in to get a burger. And even Nugan said to me, we're out of here. I said, mate, we've come to get a burger. It's not going to cause any trouble. We're just getting a burger, for goodness sake. Anyway, we're lined up to get a burger. All these big bikies are there. They've got their shades on, their leathers on, their ugly patches and mean tattoos. And they're looking really, they're looking mean. And anyway, we're lined up, ready to get a burger, waiting, waiting, waiting in line. And next thing the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go tell that guy I love him. <laughs> I looked across at the guy and he's like, I don't know, he might be a bit like Dean down there. He's a big dude and uh, big shades on, got the leathers on, full of tattoos. And I looked at him and I, I thought, well, gee, God, this better be you. And uh, anyway, I said to Jürgen, you're going to have to get the burger because God just told me to go witness and tell that guy that, he, that God loves him. And Jürgen said, are you stupid? <laughs> He said, I'll tell you what, if you're doing that, I'll go out and get the car going so that if you make it out the door, we'll still be alive tomorrow. And so he said, I'll go and park it right by the front door so you can just dive in. And I said, you do whatever you like, mate. I'm sharing the gospel with that guy. Because one thing I have, have learned in my life, don't disobey the Holy Spirit. 
So anyway, so I walk up to this guy. Obviously, I'm a lot shorter than he does, and I go up, and, I, and how do you approach a guy like that anyway? I don't know how those guys, I don't know how it works with them. I thought it might be a nudge on the shoulder, so I just nudged him on the shoulder as I came up to him, and, of course, he quickly looks down at me and says, what do you want? And I say, well, and you're a little intimidated in those situations. Like, what do you want is not like a friendly approach. And so I thought, well, I said, I was just, I only came in to get a burger. I made sure that was my first thing. I only came in to get a burger, didn't want any trouble, just came to get a burger. But while I was standing in line, I said, I'm a Christian and God told me to come and tell you that he loves you. Which is the simple, I mean, anybody could say that. It's not like you have to go to Bible college to learn that line. And so I just said, like, God told me to come and tell you he loves you. And he's like, who told you that? And now he's getting angry about it, you know. And so I was a little scared the next time. And I said, well, a bit like Moses, you know. God told me. So I finally get it out to him. And he's once again, who told you? And he got very angry about that. And I said, mate, I said, I don't mean any trouble. I'm standing there to get a burger. I serve a God who I've seen change thousands of lives. And for some reason, God's interested in you, sir. And he told me to come down here and tell you that he loves you. And then I noticed a weird thing. I saw these, these, the, his eyes started sweating underneath the <laughs> shades. And these water started falling out under his shades. And I could tell something was happening. And I said, what's going on, sir? Does that mean anything to you? He said, do you know, this morning my mother told me, he said, my mother's a born-again believer and she's been praying for me for a long time. And this morning she told me, it's time, son, to get out of the gangs and give your life to Jesus. And he said, mum, you've been telling me that for years. But he said, if God meant it, he would send someone else to tell me that message. And here I was... Right on the spot. Johnny, all we are is Johnny on the spot. That's all we really are. We're an instrument in God's hands to bring transformation to our world. And I want to tell you right now, I believe there are hundreds of you here tonight that could just take that simple message to your world and see this city transformed by the power of God's love. And how many know it could spread right across your nation? You've just got to carry. See, what are you carrying? I carry an anointing of the Holy Ghost. We talked about it this morning, of getting the fire of God on you and getting the oil of the Holy Spirit on you and just flowing. It's not difficult. It's not weird. It's not, it's not kind of, it's edgy stuff, but it's not hard stuff. Another situation, I'll share this one more story with you of another girl on the airplane. I like to hop on the airplane last. If you're a flight attendant, please forgive me. I like to wait until everybody else is on the airplane. Then I go on and take my seat because then you can take any seat you like, okay? And you can pick your seat. And don't recommend that. Okay? Been in trouble a couple of times. And, um, but if you don't disturb the present, you'll never see the fruit of the future. Anyway, I sit down. There's a girl sitting there, right on the front row. Girl sitting there. And then there's uh, two seats. So I sit on this one. She's over there. I lean over, as I always do. And I say, how are you going? It's really nice to meet you. My name's Dawn. And it's a privilege to meet you today. And this was her reply to me. I'm very surprised anybody sitting beside me asked that my seats be vacant today. Right then I felt a little bit guilty. 
And then, then I said, well, why did you want the seats vacant? And she said, I'm just flying to Auckland City because my mother's dying today and I wanted to go and say my final farewell to my mum. And boy, those are challenging words. And so the average Christian would say, well, I've got the answer for you, Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And I even thought it better than that. I nearly said to her, I was almost to open my stupid mouth and say, I know how you feel. And I was going to say, my son got killed a few years ago, and I know the pain of losing someone you love. I was nearly going to say it, and the Holy Spirit just went, whack, <laughs> wake up, wake up. And that's how it happens for me. Anyway, so I, I sort of sat back and I recollected my thoughts after the ringing stopped, and I thought, <laughs> I thought, well, God, what do you want me to do? What do you? And then this amazing thought came to me, and I asked her, Listen, I don't know how the heck I would cope with something like that. Can you please tell me how do you deal with that pain of losing someone so close and someone so loved in your world? And you know what she said to me? She said, that's my problem. She said, I don't know how to deal with this. She said, I feel so broken on the inside and I don't know where to turn. And then she said these amazing words. She said, I used to work with a guy who was one of those crazy people but he had all the answers for this. And then we used to give him a really hard time and he left that job and he went and he joined a church somewhere. And I thought, good possibility, I know this dude. So I said, you know, I've got a few connections in the church world. I said, would you mind giving me his name? I might be able to reconnect you with him. And she said, would you? And I said, yeah, I reckon I could. What is his name? She told me his name. And he's a pastor that I know really well, the nicest guy in the world. And she gave me his name, and I said, you know what? When I get off this aeroplane, I'm going to find his number and connect with him for you, and I'll get him to connect back to you. She gave me her phone number. She, we got off the plane together. She went to Auckland Hospital to say goodbye to her mum. I went and searched and rang up a few friends, got this guy's number. I said, man, you need to ring. Do you remember this girl, Kate? And he said, man, Kate from down the Taranaki I used to teach with her and I said she is in, her ho in the hospital right now saying goodbye to her mum and has no idea how to handle it you're just the man she needs she just told me he went to the hospital that night he led the mum to Jesus before she passed into eternity he led the daughter to Christ before he left the hospital I want to tell you right now we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we are soul winners and I want to anoint you tonight to be the greatest evangelist in your city in Jesus' name. All you got to do is carry the love of God. It's not hard. I don't care what age you are. I don't care how, how difficult your life is. In fact, maybe the more difficult, the better, because you've got greater stories to tell. Because you let God into your difficulty, it becomes a story that'll change the world in Jesus' name. My son got killed. It's been one of the greatest things I've been able to share with broken people who have lost loved ones, who find it such a comfort to know that somebody found hope in the middle of death. You and I have hope that is unredeemable in the world today, and we can share it and see thousands Thank of lives changed in Jesus. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au 
or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.